Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Friday, November 4th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The two candidates for St. Louis County Executive in Tuesday's election once faced each other in a Democratic primary for the office. Now, one hopes Republican voters, who picked an anti-vax neophyte in this year's primary, embrace him in the general election. Everyone knows that to win St. Louis County, you can't just appeal to the Republican base. We will have more on the contest between Mark Madovati and Sam Page in just a few minutes. Also, we'll examine key issues in the race for Missouri's 2nd Congressional District. Some students and staff at a St. Louis high school complex attacked by a shooter in late October are expecting to be back in the classroom by the end of the month. The St. Louis Public Schools has unveiled a timeline to resume classes at Collegiate School of Medicine and Bioscience. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman reports. The timeline calls for virtual learning from November 9th through the 11th. If repairs at the building are completed on time, collegiate students will be back in the classroom November 14th, but definitely by November 28th. Frederick Steele is the principal at Collegiate. He says a survey showed students and staff want to be back in the building. This is their home. This is their school. And they want to come back to their home. As soon as it's safe. Secondly, they want the socialization that they um, count on. District officials are still working out details for students to return to Central Visual and Performing Arts, which shares the campus with Collegiate. A full-time therapist will be assigned to both schools for the rest of the year. I'm Rachel Lippman. St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri House Democrats are seeking a commitment from Republican leadership to prioritize gun control legislation following the St. Louis school shooting. A letter to Governor Mike Parson and House Speaker-designee Dean Plocker says Missouri's lax gun laws allowed that shooting to occur. Democrats are calling for, quote, narrowly tailored legislation that better protects residents from gun violence while protecting Second Amendment rights. They say that should include red flag laws and universal background checks. House Democrats are also calling for the repeal of the Second Amendment Preservation Act, which prohibits the enforcement of federal gun regulations. That law is currently being challenged in court. A partnership helping passengers on the region's buses and trains receive mental health services is expected to continue for a couple more years. By State Development's Safety and Security Committee, approved a contract extension with Chestnut Health Systems in October. The full board will consider it this month. Teams of mental health providers from Chestnut started riding Metrolink in Illinois in 2021 and expanded to Missouri this year. By State Security Director Kevin Scott says the partnership has received plenty of attention. There are a number of properties around the United States uh, that have reached out to us about this program, and we're, we're very excited about where we sit with this. The proposed extension is for the Missouri stations at a cost of $800,000. A slimmed-down version of the St. Louis International Film Festival is underway. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports. The 10-day festival features 256 films, which is a drop-off from the more than 400 movies in last year's event. Producer Cinema St. Louis lost access this year to one of the event's main venues, the Tivoli Theater in University City. And artistic director Chris Clark says the coronavirus pandemic was tough on ticket sales last year and in 2020 when the festival moved online. Attendance has been meager. 
soft. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say terrible, but you know, it, it was. We did the best we could to be able to continue our job. It was a big challenge to pivot overnight, but we made it work the best we could. This year, there are new venues in St. Louis, St. Charles, and Edwardsville, and online screenings cost just $5 a piece. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Tuesday's election marks the second time in two years that Mark Madovani and Sam Page are running against each other for county executive. They both ran as Democrats last time. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more on the race that has put them on opposite sides of the aisle. Page, the incumbent, had every reason to be optimistic on the night of August 2nd. He had beaten his Democratic opponent by 27 percentage points. And in Catherine Pinner, the Republicans had selected an anti-vaxxer who called masks part of a satanic ritual. But 41 days later, Pinner withdrew. In her place, Republicans chose Montevani, a retired businessman. Page says he was surprised by the move. I think we have to be very careful trying to undo elections. And her positions were certainly reflective of the um, politics and the positions that had dominated county council meetings and and county council public forum for the past year and a half. But even as the candidate changed, the campaign strategy did not. Page says he'll continue to make the race a referendum on his time as county executive, which began in 2019 after Steve Sanger was indicted on federal corruption charges and resigned. We'll talk about um, how I approach problems, how I get advice from uh, uh, folks that have credibility and and experience in dealing with each complicated issue and how I do my best to explain to people in St. Louis County uh, why I made the decision that I have. Page is also seeking to make the race a referendum on social issues, like his support for abortion rights. Montevani isn't backing down from his past positions on those issues, which are similar to Page's in many respects. But he is downplaying their importance in the race. Abortion policy is not going to be made in St. Louis County. This is another national and state issue. The role of the St. Louis County Executive is to run the St. Louis County government, not to be lobbying for federal policy changes. For Montevani, Page's tenure provides plenty of reasons why voters should make a change. He calls Page grossly ill-suited to the task of managing an enterprise with a billion-dollar budget and 3,800 employees. If Sam is deficient in any respect, he is deficient in that he is not able to forge good relationships with people. I mean, he he can't work with the county council. He hasn't been able to work with the business community. He can't work with the municipalities. The incumbent, Montevani says, also lacks plans to tackle major issues like crime. Page disagrees. He points to his efforts to implement the recommendations in a report by the Teneo Group. Whoever wins will have to help St. Louis County address a $41 million budget gap. Montevani has ruled out a tax increase. First thing I will do as county executive is Uh, search for the waste, fraud, and abuse that is built into the current uh, budgets. I think there's been a a gross number of dollars wasted on ridiculous litigation. Page sees those accusations as nothing more than platitudes. 48% of the county budget is public safety. If you're talking about cutting the county budget, you're talking about cutting public safety. It's very difficult to point to something in uh, in the county budget 
that doesn't provide a service. But he adds that he would ask voters to approve an online sales tax, which county officials say could generate $15 million a year. A similar measure failed in April. The next county executive will also have to respond to any future waves of COVID infections. Plus, there are decisions to be made about spending the money from a settlement over the departure of the Rams. And the question remains, will the same Republican electorate that picked Pinner really unite around a former Democrat? Former State Representative Shemed Dogan, who ran against Pinner in the primary, says yes. Everyone knows that to win St. Louis County, you can't just appeal to the Republican base. You're going to have to attract independents. You're going to have to attract some Democrats. And people are willing to go for a candidate who's able to do that, which Mark clearly is. A recent poll by the Republican-leaning Remington Research Group found Page leading Montevani 48 percent to 43 percent. For context, Joe Biden won St. Louis County with 61 percent in 2020. The polls open 6 a.m. November 8th. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. After the demise of Roe v. Wade, Missouri Democrats contended their support for abortion rights would resonate with voters. A big test could be in Missouri's 2nd Congressional District, which takes in several St. Louis suburbs. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum examines how the issue affects the contest between Democratic challenger Trish Gunby and GOP Congresswoman Ann Wagner. Gunby had been barnstorming across Missouri's 2nd Congressional District for months before the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. After the court rendered its decision, Gumby says she revamped her pitch to voters in the district, which takes in portions of St. Louis, St. Charles, and Warren counties, and all of Franklin County. I mean, we put uh, abortion care, reproductive health care at the top of the conversation starter, and uh, it has resonated with people. People feel like Republicans have gone way too far. The demise of Roe was especially pertinent in Missouri. Minutes after the decision, the state banned the procedure under most circumstances, with the only exception being for medical emergencies. Gunby says that voters feel that the law is way too extreme and is putting women who undergo severe complications during pregnancy at risk. If people think that that is good health care here in Missouri, um, they're wrong. And we're going to lose population. We're going to lose young people. Um, it's detrimental to the state. But since Rose's downfall, public polling showed that concerns over things like inflation and energy prices were bigger issues on the minds of many voters than abortion rights. And that's why Wagner doesn't think it will play a major role in her showdown with Gunby. While abortion is certainly... Uh, an issue that is of, of concern to uh, uh, to some that will be voting in the 2nd District. It is not top of mind. The 2nd District got much more Republican after redistricting, especially with the addition of heavily GOP places like Franklin and Warren counties. Wagner contends that Republicans in the 2nd District are energized because of their disapproval of President Joe Biden. And she's emphasizing her votes against the president's agenda, including on things like the American Rescue Plan and the Inflation Reduction Act. I'm running for re-election to be that conservative voice in Congress that will uh, work for you and your families and fight for, I believe, our Midwestern values that, um, that are being dramatically threatened by this administration. Despite running in a tougher district for Democrats, Gunby is undaunted. 
She's emphasizing her contrast with Wagner on multiple issues besides abortion rights, including her support for gun restrictions and environmental policies. She's also pushing back against the idea that a favorable national environment toward the GOP will help Wagner. What I tell people is we are the hardest working campaign out there. We have more more heart, hard work and hope. Whatever the outcome, and I believe I have a path to beating her and winning, I have no regrets. We have done everything we can absolutely do, and that's that's what a campaign and a, and a candidate can say. Some Missouri Republicans do believe the 2nd Congressional District will become more competitive as the decade goes on, especially if western St. Louis County voters become more predisposed to vote for Democrats. But Democratic State Senate hopeful John Keeney says Missouri Democrats need to build bridges in places like Franklin County for the 2nd Congressional District to be in play. We have to invest time, energy, money, year after year, after cycle after cycle. There is no off day, there's no Sunday, there's no Friday night for what the Democratic Party needs to do in Franklin County. Keeney is running in the 26th Senatorial District, which includes Franklin County. And his GOP opponent, Ben Brown, agrees that the key to making the 2nd Congressional District perennially competitive is making inroads in traditionally GOP areas. They have to have people that are engaged. And, I mean, that's that's huge for, for both parties in different areas. I mean, same here for the St. Louis area with, with the Republicans. If Wagner wins re-election and Republicans take control of the U.S. House, she'll likely gain more influence as a member of the Financial Services and Foreign Affairs Committees. And she says the Missouri delegation as a whole could be more powerful if Congressman Jason Smith, Sam Graves, and Blaine Luchtemeyer assume committee chairmanships. I think we're going to be able to rein in some of the, through oversight, some of the uh, over, over-regulatory reach of this federal government. Besides Wagner and Gunby, Democratic Congresswoman Cori Bush is squaring off against Republican Andrew Jones in Missouri's first congressional district, and Luke DeMeyer is facing Democrat Bethany Mann on November 8th in the state's 3rd District. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report and the one from Rachel Lippman on the St. Louis County Executive Race. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great weekend. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.